community for people who've given up on church but not on God. If you'd like to learn more about our locations in Huntersville, Davidson, and Denver, North Carolina, you can check us out online at lakeforest.org. Thanks! Well, I forgot to ask this earlier, kids. I mean, I've only been told that there are kids here. I don't actually know that there are any kids in service. So kids, if you are here, can you just shout out, I am here, kids? Are you here? Oh, that was kind of weak. How about we try again? Shout. What, are you here? There we go. That's, that's a little more like what I was hoping for. We are so glad you are with us. Uh, one of the things that I uh, love most about Christmas are the lights. Don't you love Christmas lights? Uh, I just love it. One of the traditions my family and I have is we like going around and, and looking for those houses that have the radio frequencies in the front yard, you know, and you love that unless that's your neighbor, right? If that's your neighbor, you're, you're kind of over that. But I just, we love Christmas lights. And so I got to looking at various Christmas lights uh, around town. I saw this house. I just love this. It's so beautiful. I like the classic, just the, no colored lights, right? Just these are just, these are purists. We're not going to bring any blues or reds, right? Some of y'all got to get all fancy, but I just love this. I was looking around how different regions of the U.S. do lights as well. So here's how they do Christmas lights up in New York. Uh, Radio City Music Hall, right? Uh, how many of y'all are Northerners? Yankees, raise your hands. Come and own it. Own it. We're so glad you're here. Yes. Yes. Uh, here, here's how they do lights out west. I just love this. Uh, can you imagine trying to hang lights on a cactus? Uh, that's uh, ouch, right? Ouch. Uh, how many West Coasters or Arizona, Nevada, Colorado folks? All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, of all the regions, of all the lights that I looked at, I, I really think that we here in Lincoln County know how to do lights better than anybody else. This is Lincoln County Christmas right here. I just love this, right? That's, <laughs> right? We, we've got them beat. Lincoln County, we've got them beat, don't we? Um, but I got to tell you, all we, we worked really hard on our lights this year at our house. I mean, we just, we slaved. We, we, we drew up drawings before we did it, and, and I... I'm so proud of our lights. I wanted to show you a picture of our house this year from Christmas. Um, uh, yes, we, we live at Disneyland. Uh, it's amazing what you can get on Airbnb these days. Uh, but whether your house looks like Elsa's castle or uh, you just have a simple Christmas tree in your living room, one of the things that we all love about Christmas is the beauty of light. The beauty of light. We celebrate it every every Christmas. Now, what's interesting about this is light in the modern world is something that we can take for granted, right? With a push of a button, flip of a switch, plug it. We, we take light for granted in the modern world, but in the ancient world, light was a much more precious resource, much more hard to come by. In fact, I did a little bit of research on this. Here's an image from a satellite of light pollution today in the U.S. Take a look at this. Isn't that interesting? Almost the entire uh, entire country covered in, in light at night, right? Now, here's what that same region looked like uh, way back in the ancient time known as the 1950s. Take a look at this here, right? Isn't that remarkable? Just in the last 68 years, how much light? We, we just take light for granted. Can you imagine how dark it must have been over 2,000 years ago on that night when Jesus was born? Just utter darkness. Light we take for granted in the modern world, but in the ancient world, it was a much more precious resource. In fact, back in the time when Jesus' family would have made the trek to Bethlehem, uh, light at night would have been a rarity. 
if a family was wealthy enough or could afford it, they would have a lamp like this one that they would burn olive oil in. And a single light would be the light that they lived by, a single light lighting their home, a single light that they gathered around for meals, for conversation, even for prayers. How precious this light was in the ancient world. So maybe it's for this reason, maybe for other mysterious reasons, but the, uh, the prophet Isaiah, 600 years before Jesus was born, spoke about a light that was coming into the darkness. When he foretold of the coming Messiah, these are the words he used. Look at this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And what everyone who was there that Christmas morning knew, what everyone who came to see this Christ child discovered, was that this was the very answer to the words that Isaiah had spoken 600 years earlier. That somehow this Jesus, as he would come to be known, was in fact the light of the world. So what I want to do with you this evening is I just want to ask the question, if, if Jesus really is the light of the world, then, then what does that mean for us this Christmas over 2,000 years later? What does it mean that he is the light of the world? And to answer that, I thought we might do a little bit of digging because I want to reflect on what does light actually do? In order to answer this question, why is Jesus called the light of the world? I want to just talk for a minute about what light actually does. Specifically, I want to name three things that light does. And kids, I'm going to need your help on this one. So the first thing that light does, we notice, the first thing light does is light gives life. Kids, think about your biology class with me for a minute. What is it called when the light of the sun hits a green leaf plant and produces energy and growth? What do we call that, kids? Photosynthesis. See, your parents had already forgotten that. You are so smart. Photosynthesis, that's exactly what we call it. Without light, there can be no life. Light always precedes life. And it's kind of funny when you do a little bit of reading. This is actually what the Bible talks about. That, that when God, before he created all the life, before he created all the plants, all, before he created any of that, God had to speak into existence light. In fact, the way the Bible tells it, it's almost like when he spoke, it, there, there was just a bang. There was just an explosion. There was something. And then stars beyond number. In fact, one of the poets uh, describes it this way. It says that, that it's as if God hung all the stars one by one, knowing their very names. And you thought it was hard hanging your Christmas lights every year. Can you imagine hanging a trillion, billion, gazillion stars one at a time? That's a picture of God's creation. That's a picture of light preceding life. Now, here's the coolest part about all that. That's like, okay, Aaron, cosmos. Here's the really cool part. Watch this. What John says is that one of the coolest things about this Jesus, this child, is that all of the power, all of the magnitude, all of the glory was packed into this one little baby. Listen to how John, one of Jesus' closest friends, describes it. He says it this way. 
in him, that's Jesus, in him was life. And that life was the light of all humankind. And this, my friend, is why I'm actually convinced that biology was Jesus' favorite class in middle school. Because just as photosynthesis describes the process when the sun hits the green leaf of the plant and produces growth, so also when Jesus, the Son of God, touches the soul of a human being, we call it new life. We call it salvation. We call it resurrection. We call it new birth. Why? Because light gives life. Jesus said it over and over and over again to everyone he met. And he would say it to you if he were to meet you tonight. Why have I come? I have come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. Now, the truth is that there are a lot of things that we look to in this world to give us life. A lot of things we look to to give us hope and joy and purpose. And while many of these things are good things, none of them will stand the test of time. None of them will last forever. Eventually, the batteries run out. Even our own scientists tell us that, that our sun, our star, will burn out in the next four and a half billion years. Did you know that? And I'm just hoping, I'm praying that the Panthers will have won a Super Bowl by then, right? <laughs> Or maybe you can join me. I'm, I'm also praying that they will widen 73 to four lanes. Uh, I just, whichever miracle you want to pray for, we'll, we'll, we'll pray for that together. But see, this, this is the kind of life that the Christ child came to bring. Abundant life here on earth and eternal life after earth because the kind of life that Jesus brings will never burn out. Light gives life. And the question for us on this night, this night of many lights, might simply be this. Have you received that gift of life from Jesus? Have you ever said yes to his free gift of eternal life? First thing light does is light gives life. The second thing is this. Light reveals. Light reveals Light reveals the true nature of something. It shows us what something really, truly is. Luke, the doctor, the writer of the gospel, put it this way. He said, this baby born in the manger would grow to be a light to reveal God to the nations. What does that mean? A light to reveal God to the nations. Why did God need revealing? Well, you see, in Jesus' day, people had gotten a little bit sideways on what God was actually like, who he actually was. They were a little confused. Some of the religious people thought that God was just kind of this big, angry meanie up in the sky waiting to pounce, right? Others thought that, well, maybe God created the world and he just peaced out and went on vacation. Still others thought, God, what are you talking about? There's no real God. Maybe there's some kind of energy or force or something, but how could there be a God who would be personal and knowable? And it was into this confusion, into this darkness that Jesus came to reveal the true nature of God. It was into this darkness that Jesus came to shine as a light. In fact, one of the writers of the New Testament, one of the first Christians, a guy named Paul, described it this way. He said, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Isn't that intriguing? Or how about this? This is how Jesus described it himself. He said, you want to know what God's like? Anyone who has seen me 
has seen God the Father. So what if Jesus really is God? What does Jesus, the light, reveal about who God actually is? Well, you know, when you look at the stories of Jesus in the scriptures and you see how he interacted with people, ordinary people like you and me, every person he met, everywhere he went, every encounter he had was a grace-drenched, love-saturated moment of goodness. Jesus was a a grace-giving, mercy-showing, truth-telling, sinner-loving, child-welcoming, leper-embracing, beauty-making, justice-seeking, poor-uplifting, enemy-blessing, cross-bearing, sin-atoning, death-defeating, resurrecting Savior. And if that, my friends, if that is who Jesus is, and if that is who God the Father is, then no wonder they called the birth of this child good news. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. Now, as cool as all that is, and that's pretty cool, as cool as light bringing life and light revealing God, I think the third thing that light does is perhaps the most, perhaps, perhaps the most special to me this Christmas. The third thing that light does is light guides. Light guides. One of the most interesting parts of the Christmas story for me, this is just me, is the wise men. Kids, y'all know the story of the wise men? Shoot, shoot your hands up if you've heard of the wise men before. Just show, do we, do we know this story, wise men? Okay. I, I, I just find these guys so fascinating. Uh, the wise men, by the way, were not a part of God's people. They were not a part of the nation of Israel in that day. They, they lived in a far, strange, and foreign land way out in the east called Huntersville or Cornelius. And it was a foreign and strange land. They knew nothing of God. In fact, they were 800 miles away from the epicenter of the Christmas event. And yet, and yet, something happened that changed their lives forever. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be one of these wise men? You grew up and and you had the best education there was in the ancient world. You studied philosophy You studied science. You read all of the great literature of the day from all the nations. Uh, You studied under the best mathematics and engineering professors, which means you went to NC State. And then you, 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 you were privy to every bit of knowledge there was in the world. If there was something to be known, you knew it. And yet, in spite of all that knowledge, in spite of all that learning, there was this question, there was this kind of kind of longing somewhere in your soul, something that wasn't quite right. And then one night, one night this star appears. And, and you and your, your fellow wise men, you're, you're looking at each other and you saying, you know what? It's as if our learning and our longings are aligning in this star. And you can't explain it. And you don't exactly know why. And your Meemaw thinks you're crazy. But you hit the trail on a journey, an 800-mile journey to where you know not, you're simply following this star, this light as your guide. And when you get there, when you get there, you know what you find? A teenage mother, a father, and a baby in a manger. And something happens in that moment that changes you forever. Listen to how Matthew, the gospel writer, describes this moment. After they had heard the king, that's the wise men, they went on their way. 
and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Without even knowing it, these wise men were fulfilling and living the very words that the prophet Isaiah had spoken 600 years earlier. A people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And maybe that's your story today. Maybe you've experienced a moment of wonder or awe or something mysterious in your life that can only be explained as a God kind of moment. And maybe you, like the wise men, have come to a place, a decision in your life where you have chosen to worship this Jesus, to follow this Jesus, to say to this Jesus, I want you to be my guide. Jesus, I want you to be the leader of my life. Or maybe you've never considered who this Jesus is. Maybe you've never considered letting him be your guide, letting him be your Lord. You see, the good news is that becoming a Christian doesn't mean that we have to have answers to all of life's questions. It simply means this. It simply means that we have seen enough to trust, seen enough to turn and take a step in Jesus' direction. To say, Jesus, I want you to be my light. I want you to be my life. I want you to be my leader and guide. And here's what's really cool about that. Here's what's really cool for me this Christmas. Jesus says that when we make that decision, you know what happens? When we decide to put our trust in him, he will come and put his spirit in us, in our hearts, to lead us and to guide us in every area of our lives. Because God cares even about the small stuff. Y'all know that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff? God's never read it. He cares about every little detail of your life. Every dark moment, every struggle, every decision, every joy, every stress, every delight, he cares about it all. And maybe this Christmas you feel like you've been doing life alone. You've been doing life in the dark. My friend, you do not have to do life that way. Jesus the Christ has come to be a light, a life in your life, to be your guide, to be your companion, to show you how to do life the way God intended it to be lived, to give you life abundant and life eternal. So how about you? How about you this Christmas? Where might you need the light of Christ in your life? You know, the truth is, there's a longing in every human heart, isn't there? A, a dark place that no amount of Christmas lights, colored or white, can ever illuminate. Only Jesus, only Jesus can meet that deep longing. And what if we were to ask God to come and do that in our hearts this Christmas? In fact, let's ask him to do that right now. Would you pray with me?